The Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Maddie C. James Connors behind the doll. Don't look behind the doll. <laughs> <laughs> and I look like I'm wearing my dad's shirt. Totally like McCaffrey. Always looks like he's wearing his dad's gear. Fantastic. I'm glad that you've still got the, uh, you know, that luxury of being allowed to lick rhinos still in the back pocket. Aussie. Yeah. Like these are just three guys, man, Jod. If you left him in a room alone with, he would totally just lick them all. NFL. The gap yeah. between Connor and Montgomery is closing, by the way. I'm really happy about this. Fantasy. Oh, give me a scoop of the heebies to go with my jeebies on that one. Mate, I'm all kinds of happy about that. You're like, oh, fucking predictable, Maddie. Yep. Always doing Standard. the same fucking things. I'm so disappointed. I really wanted to smack that ass on. I'm going to go with old, um, with old Goggles McGee. So we're into our so horse. I think it's going to be a wildly fun part because there's some dudes this year who have been off the charts. Yeah, we get to tear some shreds off some people. But it's not so much about that. It's like, in in what I talk about these guys, I bring up how good they have been so far. Like, you know, we're not talking about people as our sell highs saying they're bad fantasy players. We're just saying we feel like these are probably guys you could trade off what they have done so far because we're not we're not thinking that what they've done is 100% sustainable moving forward. So, yeah. all right. So, again, I've got a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. And for my first sell high at quarterback, I'm going to take a shot here at the quarterback four on the season, one Joseph Burrow. Mm. Now, no Jamar Chase for the next four to six weeks, and we've seen what that looks like against the Browns on Monday Night Football. His O-line is atrocious, and without being able to throw slants to Jamar, I'm worried about Burrow in the short term. I'm not saying this is a full worry for the entire season because he's going to get Jamar Chase back. I'm sure he'll work it out in certain matchups, but the quarterback four tag, uh, I, d- I just don't think... Um, you know, I just don't think that he should be there in terms of what I can see him doing for the rest of the year. Uh, I do worry that they're going to run the ball a bit more because of the fact they don't have Jamar Chase. Um, yep. You know, teams are going to probably throw their best defensive player on Higgins now. So you haven't got that three-headed monster at wide receiver. You've got the two. Um, so I am a little bit worried about Burrow moving forward. I watched a lot of that game on Monday night and it just didn't look great. Yeah. And like his O-line can't sustain him. So it's not like he can, you know, have a bit of extra time there to, to work out he was going to go to. So it's going to be a lot of dump-offs to Mixon probably, which just doesn't move the offense forward as quickly as what he was doing. Yeah. And less bulk plays, less huge plays in fantasy. Um, so I just think moving forward, he's probably not a bad person to try and move. Uh, I'm not saying you have to. I just think he's a sell high target. I think he's a perfect candidate at quarterback for this because, like, he does have some really cool defenses coming up. But, and he's, and he's showing, like, he's actually the perfect. Um, oh, I'm playing against a tough defense. Oh, I'm not scoring so much. Oh, I'm playing against a bad defense. Oh, I'm scoring more than 20. He is the copy of how you do that against, you know, a good defense can work him out and a bad defense just lets him run wild. His volume is kind of my only thing that I kind of like about him. He continues to throw like 35 times a game minimum. Um, 
But, you know, yeah, it's a big drop-off going from two games to 30 points on water down to 14, and it all happened in junk time. So, I mean, this right. is the thing, like, junk time points score the same, and he could just bottles his way. You know what I mean? That's kind of yeah, the only thing I'm nervous about. But I like the idea. Make it someone else's problem. Trade him the fuck away. <laughs> yeah, and you could get a good return for him. That's the thing. I know people will probably see the Jamar Chase thing, but they're going to see the quarterback four. They're going to see the Joe Shiesty. You know, he's got he's got a lot of swagger and people like him in fantasy and what you just said, he's still throwing it a lot. So yeah. people are going to see that and, you know, want to try and probably upgrade their quarterback position. And I think they see Burrow as that high-end uh, quarterback. So, you know, I think you could actually get a good return for him um, at that quarterback four price tag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... He's the kind of guy who, because I can see the trajectory of um, opportunity against bad defenses later in the year, where if he isn't just in junk time, they're not going to be able to stop it. So um, that's kind of the part of me that thinks, I've got a one and six team. Maybe that's the team. I'm just going to make that trade anyway and give the guy something and just see if I can um, see if I can get some points out of him in a, a low-risk situation. But if I'm in a higher-risk situation where I'm really actually having a bit of a go in that league, yeah, that's the perfect move. I think you're only knowingly going after Joe Burrow if you're dazzled by the quarterback four thing or you're just fucking curious like me. Because <laughs> I don't know, the part of me that's like, run towards the fire. <laughs> don't you know what's wrong with me. <laughs> so I can't talk down the Burrow thing. I think it's a, he's the perfect candidate for this segment. Uh, I went way up to a running back who was killing it. And I, I just kind of wonder how this will go because... In PPR and standard, Ramondre Stevenson is the seventh running back. And I just think that's wild. And I just can't see a way that this guy is. So he's, he's rostered in 94% of leagues. I'd love to see the 6% of leagues he's not in. And 81% started. That sounds about right. And he's got some good pluses, right? Never had less than 10 points since he really kind of took over a bit more of a role after that week two game in Pittsburgh. Five or more targets every game since that stage two and not less than 10 attempts in any of those games. So there's lots of good stuff to hang your hat on. But he has no games against bottom 10 defenses against the running back now until week 14. So if you've made hay off him, he's going to need serious volume and it's going to be like, two yards, a cloud of dust, and if he falls forward into an end zone, or you're going to need him to be receiving a lot of passes. But Harris is still getting 40% of snaps, still getting 10-plus carries a game, and Harris is still getting a couple of targets. It just makes me nervous. To, to prove the worth of this this sort of segment, uh, I've mentioned on the pod earlier, about four or five weeks ago, I went out and made it my mission to pick up Ramon Dre in as many leagues yep. as possible. Ended up with him in five, I believe. Uh, oh, wow. Which was just amazing. A lot of them were Chase Edmonds for him, um, which obviously has worked out quite well. Yeah. Uh, running back seven on the season. Again, it was just sort of looking at the data and just seeing that turn. This is before, obviously, I got in front of the whole Damian Harris injury. Uh, but there yep. was a turn happening already. But I, I just thought if he could get to anywhere near 50-50 with Damian Harris, I thought he would be worth it because he's the passing down guy. So anytime the Pats are behind, he's probably getting all of it. Uh, but if he's getting 50% of the rushes with that, I feel like that's very, very valuable in a run first team. So I just thought that was a huge opportunity. I didn't ever think it would be all of a sudden quarterback seven. I just thought it was no. a value at the time. And, and this is why you're probably right. Like quarterbacks, uh, quarterback, running back seven is probably too high for him because now you're looking at a going, he's, 
he's running back seven, but he actually is still in the committee. And, you know, if they are in front, they, he's only going to get half the, the rushing attempts, maybe less if they all of a sudden go back to Harris being the lead guy. So there's definitely question marks about him. I did actually trade him in one league for most at last week, which I'm not exactly thrilled at a week on removed. But again, I thought the, the all the matchups for most at moving forward in the next four or five weeks are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, I had a little bit concerned about what Ramondre had coming up and obviously whatever Harris was going to do to his value. So again, I'm not saying that you have to move him. No. Uh, you know, be strategic about who you move him to. But I completely agree with you. He's definitely a huge candidate for regression in the second half of the year. Yeah, and that's all I'm aiming at. I'm not saying that he might not be productive and useful, but I think he's just going to have to work damn hard to do it. Um, so I one, one guy who could feel more comfortable about that you could get with this Ramondre Stevens capital. In content league, I also traded DeAndre Swift for Ramondre Stevenson and DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Looking like uh, probably trade of the year so far. <laughs> Me. It's like a robbery. But like, so at the moment, if someone came to you with seeing well let's say you're in a league and you just saw someone tra- just trade Ramondre straight out for James Connor because that could, I think that could happen whose side yeah. do you think wins that I think Connor's side wins handsomely even though it probably wouldn't look like it on paper it wouldn't and I don't think that would be the general consensus I think yeah. everyone would actually go oh I haven't seen James Connor play he's injured blah 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 yeah. like and they'd see all these like stats from the last three or four people get very tunneled visioned mm. in the stats in the last two or three weeks and they don't really think about the future as much as the past. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I, if I I'm the corner like side of that deal, I think this is a man job term you said last week. Like, this is 1,000 IQ thinking. I'd be so yep. chuffed with that. I just feel like I've won that trade. Yep, exactly. Probably eight-tenths of the league would be like, you're fucked. <laughs> Especially because what you probably gave up initially to have Ramondre in the first place to then go get a guy who was getting drafted in the second round initially, like yeah. who the only reason he doesn't have the value he does is because of injury. Yeah, he's no, been out of sight. Else. That's all. He's yeah. just, you haven't seen him. That's all it is. And people have got short yeah. memories. I'll give myself a pat on the back. 2-0 for my uh, fantasy AIDS player of the week. What a great player. Just look at that cheesy group. <laughs> it was dead set like a monsoon that day. It was insane. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. I was, I, was, I was doing slides like Justin Fields straight across my belly. Mate, I would yeah. pay good money to watch that. Actually, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Is we're going to get a uh, Aussie NFL fantasy slip and slide day going on. That would be great. <laughs> a few beers into me, I'll do anything. <laughs> Be careful. I might take you up on it. I would say he probably only just made it past the line that I'll consider being a success. Looking around going, can I get a program over here? Who's, who's this Dorch guy? Oh, what a Dorch. What a Dorch. It's fun to say. Uh, I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, every time Ross throws an incomplete pass to Denver Broncos fans, they just go, go in, come, please. Well, I'm taking on someone very similar who's uh, very high at running back. I'm taking down Josh Jacobs, who I uh, you know, talked about. And again, this is really more to talk about how good he has been this year. It's yeah. been amazing. He's the Cinderella story of the year so far. Uh, he's on an absolute tear, but I just don't believe it can be sustained. Here's his average against defenses in the top 10 against running back. 9.07. Here's his average against bottom 20 teams, 26.4. Yeah. 
Three of his last four matchups of the fantasy year are against the first, second, and fourth best run day. So he could really hurt you in the fantasy playoffs when you need him most. Yeah. Yeah, look, and I think this is where you've got to be looking at that. If you have ridden the Josh Jacobs train, people are going to be tripping over you to buy him off you, right? Well, tunnel right? vision again, like I mentioned. 60% of your league are just going to be like, that guy's fucking awesome. And they're right. I think that's and because he's had some massive games, like just ones that have won your weeks, people remember yeah. that. And I, I just think people get, like I said, tunnel vision and they just see the last few weeks and they see the 36 in there and the, the 24 a couple of weeks before that and they just don't oh, even yeah. think about 34, what's coming. 30, 36 in a yep. row with a bye wedged in. Fuck yep. me. That's some scoring. It is. And again, this isn't to try and tear shreds off the guy. He's been absolutely amazing. And he was this guy that... I actually wasn't against him this year because I actually thought he was getting almost too undervalued. I, I wasn't someone here spruiking like he was this enormous pickup for me no, either. No. But he was a guy who you was- You always thought his ceiling was capped, right? His draft, he was draft position to me was actually getting pushed further and further by the sense yeah. that I actually thought it's either right or a bit too low. So those kind of guys I don't normally end up with anyway, the ones that I feel like are almost too well-placed Yep. Or, you know, at by the by draft time, I thought he was definitely a little bit too low. But in the end, I didn't end up with any of him. But I, I just think in, in general, everyone just thought with this new regime, they might have gone to Brendan Bolden a bit more and they might have been, you know, looking um, at Zemir White, just like it would have been yeah. you know, trying to turn him over. They didn't obviously extend him. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option and, you know, all this other crap. He, he was playing in the... Uh, Hall of Fame game for too long, apparently, for everyone. And so it just turned everyone off him. But oh, in the yeah. end, there's even talk of Amir Abdullah taking some work off me. Like, Amir yeah, yeah. Abdullah, are we, we're invoking Amir Abdullah against this guy. That's like having a voodoo doll out and poking, <laughs> poking safety pins into him. Like, what are we Absolutely. doing? Absolutely. <laughs> that, was, that was huge news in the preseason. So in the end, you just don't have, that just proves you don't have to listen to everything that you hear in the, yeah. in the preseason. And, the guy is very talented. That's just how it is. And, uh, you know, he still yep. doesn't get a huge deal of passing work. But the no. fact is, what he's shown me this year is I always used to feel like he was a little bit too touchdown dependent. But the fact he's getting all these yards in the middle of the field, it just proves to me that he's worked on his game and he's, he's very good between the tackles and he isn't just a touchdown dependent guy anymore. So yep. that, that's 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 very good for him. That like oh, Again, this wasn't a tear down Josh Jacobs segment. This was just, I don't think it can be sustained what he's doing right now. And if you can get a running back six value for him in a trade, I'd just, just please go for it. Do it immediately, yeah. Like, and that's the same as Ramondre at seven. It's like, it, what world do people drafting, if you told them, okay, so you've managed to get Stevenson and, uh, and, and Jacobs in the draft and you would have got them later than you'd expect anyway. But you'd say, oh, yeah, but by half season, that's like running with six and seven. Yeah, they're going to send you off a head injury assessment. Like, yeah. yeah like, it's, who would you rather? I wonder what you're um, drinking. Like, who would you rather, Josh Jacobs at running back six or Delvin Cook at running back 12? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this is a great segue because my sell high is uh, Delvin Cook. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? It is. It is. <laughs> but for no surprising reasons, right? So, um, in full PPR, he's 13. And and this is a great segue. So, sorry to cut off your Josh Jacobs, but I feel like um, nah, this well, is well the done. same argument all over again, right? So, that... He's performed really, really neatly in the last couple of weeks against really 
really decently, you know, running back friendly matchups and he gets Washington next. So like, you know, comes off the bye, gets Arizona and just kills them. Right. Cause fair enough. Arizona can't stop a bleeding nose. And then you get Washington this week and ah, front's actually pretty good. Buffalo. Oh, actually there's nothing about Buffalo. that didn't really fucking good. Um, Dallas. Yeah. Their front is really fucking good. Uh, oh, the jets. You can't run on the jets. It's just, that's the next four. So if you can get anything for Cook now, you might as well. He doesn't do anything until the playoffs. And the goal is here, you just sell him to someone who's really on the fringe and just watch them fall out. So then he's not in your fantasy playoffs. There you go. I'll be honest. He's probably someone I didn't take a too deep a look at him. I'm having him in our three leagues, including Astro. So it's one that uh, I definitely am probably just closing my eyes and praying he makes a few big plays. But I, I, will, I will say like, in terms of the arrow pointing up, he definitely seems to be on a good trajectory. Like he was struggling earlier in the year and sitting at about running back 30 odd. And he, he definitely seems to be getting, you know, you know, Madison's not really cutting into it too much. He, no. he seems to pilfer like, I think he's pilfered a couple of touchdowns this year, but in terms of usage, he just hasn't been there. It's just yeah. a full workload for, for Delvin this year. So in general, like he's so talented and he's getting, you know, a huge line share of the work. I just think in general, I'm happy to just keep running with that. But like you said, he's got bad matchup and that's what you've got to look for in this. So um, I wouldn't have any issue if you're going to get a Delvin Cook Hall in a trade. Um, you probably would that, now. Yeah, because he's actually playing well. And like I said, into the top 12 in running back. So I think you're going to get a full Delvin Cook um, trade in, like that you're going to get the Hall back for him. Then I've got no issue with it. All right, well... There's two things I want to add here real quick. If I sold you a guy who just played three bottom 10 run defenses in a row, scored 26, 15, and 25, and scored in those four touchdowns, you go, fucking yeah. But you know what? Coming into this week, after his week seven bye, he had the exact same amount of touchdowns as Alexander Madison. And he's now about to play four of the top 10 running defenses. And, you know, it's the team who've now just also gone out and spent capital to get an extra piece in their passing armory as well. So I, I just, I can see things are not going to be so rosy for him. And we've seen what it's like when you, the only other top sort of 15 running defenses he's played against, he's hit double figures by parts of a point and missed double figures. And I guess kind of tells me all you need to know. There was also a game against the Dolphins a few weeks ago when I think halfway through the third quarter, he was like six for 11 it was something horrendous and I'm like this guy has yeah. to be injured and he wasn't and then all of a sudden he just broke out like a 60 yard touchdown or something like it was just absolutely all in a nuts. play yeah completely changed his entire day and I guess like you can see that as a negative or a positive in a way you can be like alright if the glass half full there you know, that's that even against a really tough rush day, all it takes is one play. So you could yeah. have a terrible day for 95% of it, and he's the kind of guy that could break out a massive play. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, it is also bad that he's sitting there at six for 11 in a game halfway through yeah. the third quarter because, you know, that could happen again. And then if he doesn't get the breakout play, what does he finish on? 30 yards. What? It tells you really what the offensive line's capable of when they're actually against the defense that's got a front. And he has not been able to do it on his own because the offensive line's not as good as you think. Um, so that, that's why I'm, I would be now. I've, I've sold him in a league once already this year. <laughs> and yeah, I'll be you know. selling him again. <laughs> this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Oh, God. It's just... 
this episode has to be one of the worst ones. That's just me slapping in sunscreen, mate. I just feel like I'm there. I'm not there for a rectal exam. It's there for just, you know, just a quick check. Mate, we can always schedule you for that. Yeah, it's just going to cost up. Ozzy. Here's an update. I think there was two seagulls having sex next to my car. This is the weirdest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. So film it and create a new platform called I- Only Gulls. NFL. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even believing that. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not even believing that. Fantasy. This is the weirdest fucking... Th- I'm sorry, I'm rattled. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is like from bad to worse. Oh, oh God. God. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. How much of this will Maddie cut out, by the way? I don't know. Probably Sorry, I just got AIDS then. All right, you got a wide receiver to wrap this up, brother. I do, mate. Um, you won't be too happy with this with your background, but it's Christian Kirk. Yeah, I and think you're he, right. And he's one that uh, I was obviously quite proud of in terms of my preseason calls and drafted him a couple be. of weeks. Uh, again, another Cinderella story in general, uh, but it's definitely slowing down big time. Uh, he, his average in the first three games, 18.23. His average yeah. since, 7.36. So I believe it's time to cash in on this guy while you still can. Because I still believe there's an aura of the fact that he's wide receiver 15 and he's having, uh, I guess, a year that better than everyone expected. So I think he could still be a very good piece in a trade. I pe- think people still see him as that. Oh, but I yeah. think that's going to wear off. You see him start falling into 20, 25 range in wide receiver. People are just going to see him as a flex at best asset. So I think right now you can still see him as a wide receiver one or two. So I think now is the time to probably turn him into someone else. Um, again, I don't, I doesn't sound like you're too much in disagreement because it just seems to be, I, I keep talking about trends and whether someone's pointing up or down. And at the moment, unfortunately, Christian Kirk is just pointing down at the moment. See, now the only thing I would complain about here is that I think, you know, so you're getting him on the back end of where he's just had six weeks where he's played, uh, sorry, seven weeks where he's played six of the top 10 passing defenses against wide receiver for fantasy points. And, he gets Las Vegas this week, who are, okay, admittedly a better matchup for a wide receiver. But then after that, there is not another hurdle until week 16. They are all just shite passing defenses. Let me roll them off. Kansas City can throw anything you want on them. Baltimore, it doesn't matter what position you play against Baltimore. You do all right. Um, Detroit, <laughs> Tennessee, it's great to be a receiver against Tennessee. Dallas, again, like don't run against them. You're passing against them. That, that's six in a row. Um, so I kind of feel like you're just getting him on the tail of end of where the hardship. And I, he's actually, he'd probably be one where I really could have wrapped him into buy low. But I think it's it's tough to get people to to see that. So you'd have to be like me, completely immersed in Jags fandom to want to do this. But I've just sat out that tough period with Christian Kirk in Astro League, which is a 16-team league. In that league, he's wide receiver 16. So he's actually still a wide receiver one, um, even though he hasn't felt like it for five weeks. But I know that that opportunity is coming back. I know that it's coming back. I can taste that it's coming back. He might even be someone that you don't sell right now. You sell after one good game. Like yeah. he might be someone who goes and has a good game against the Raiders this week. And then people start thinking, oh, my God, is he back? That might even be the opportunity you need. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm just still a little bit worried. I still think the value might be there now. 
to, to, to make again. a move. But again, again, it just depends what situation you're in. And, yeah. you know, I, I just do worry about the way trends are looking. And you, you are right. He's going to get better matchups moving forward. So, oh, again, yeah. you know. I, if I, you I, own I Kirk now and you want to trade him, I am not going to argue against that because I get it. You are butthurt. You have just eaten five shit sandwiches back to back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. So, you know, and uh, would it make you feel bristling with excitement that there's a likelihood he's going to turn that around all of a sudden when you've just seen that for more than a month? No. So, look, I'm not going to chastise the guy who sells Christian Kirk and he's, he's getting out of a, a bad deal. I'm not going to chastise that guy. And I'm not going to advocate go get him because I understand that's a crazy argument and you'd have to be this guy here to think it's a good argument. It's not yep. going to be a wrong place. He might even be a watch for a week to see how he goes against that matchup because if he does nothing against a good matchup, then that, that it's really panic stations. Oh, totally. I feel like I kind of need to set some sort of line here where I show you how much I love Christian Kirk. Maybe it's not this week. Maybe it's next week where I show you how much I like Christian Kirk and I put like a number on it and we just water bet the number and you can just be like out. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of feel like this is where I'm at with him is that I'm crazy enough to think this is a good idea. And I understand most people aren't, but that's kind of why it'd be a cool hill to die on. Sounds good, mate. It sucks, though, because I don't want to be the guy going against Christian Kirk because he was a guy I really liked in the preseason and yeah. I really liked his game. He was and so he's, right he's about him. So, you know, again, it's just one of those things. I'm, I'm looking at this from a pure fantasy side and I just see a guy that's sort of on a downward spiral that I think still has a bit of value that could be juiced out. I mean, that said, too, he's he's still getting a ton of targets. There's really only been one game he's had less than five. Um, you don't ever want to see your top receiver only get five targets, though. But, I mean, he's got a steady diet of, diet of nine, 10, um, 7, 12. That, there's a lot of that in his history. So the targets are even there against the bad defenses. So when it's there, sorry, against the tough defenses. So when it's there against the bad defenses, I feel like it's just room to make, room to make hay. But I understand, again, totally not everyone's going to think that. It's going to be a hard sell to make to people to, to convince them that this is the time to buy Christian Kirk. I think people would hear me say that and go, you're a fucking peanut. Um, but it kind of makes me feel like I should be the guy to go out and buy him somewhere and and, um, and show that it's a worthwhile thing. And, I mean, I've got him in the league I care about the most and I've sat it out for five weeks. So, you know I'm going to sit it out for the rest of the way now. And that'll be yep. me sticking my neck out on Christian Kirk. Sounds good. All right. Now that I've done that, my last one. This little light I've got here keeps falling off, but I can't have the light behind me on it. Just it doesn't work in here, so I need to make that more permanent. It's fallen off like six times. <laughs> How much do you like people who used to be Titans, Tay? Ah, oh, absolutely wonderful, mate. Well, when they're not Titans anymore, they just dead to you because they've gone to places you don't give a fuck about. Or honestly, you still kind of carry I, the not, torch. I kind of don't like. I it's so weird you bring this up, right? I. I was watching AJ Brown score those three touchdowns and like a huge part of me is like, I feel like I shouldn't care about this more, but I just don't. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Like I'm fine with the guy going and getting paid and going and doing it because the Titans in the end made a business decision and they didn't want to pay him. So in the end, I can't hate the guy because he got what he deserved and got paid over there. And we just made a business decision and moved on. So I really don't dislike the guy. I'm happy for him. Like, I I loved watching him as a Titan, and I hope he does well on the Eagles. And I know people might say that, and you might think I'm bullshitting, but honestly, I really don't care. Like, I'm fine with it. If he goes shit, I'm okay. If he goes great, I'm okay. It just doesn't bother me at all. So this is what I call A-Rob fever. Do you think I give much of a fuck about what I'm saying, Rob? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so the reason I ask is because it's A.J. Brown, right? And, like, so he's yep. owned everywhere and he started pretty much everywhere. God, I'd love to see what that 6% of leagues he's not started in look like. And he's a top six or seven wide receiver, depending on if you're playing PPR or, or the old non-PPR. So I didn't play him. Just to cut in there, I didn't play him. So there's a 6% of the league, but that was the uh, Astro Champions League where it is just, the six you know. team league, right? Six-team league. <laughs> <laughs> but it's deep. Like, you've got to start three receivers and three um, plus a flex. Yeah, it was. Three running backs plus a flex. So it's, it, there's some depth to it, but yeah. Hard to trust. I mean, he's getting a high snap percentage. He's he's had a couple of games where it's been as low as seventy five percent, and they've been pretty, you know, not worthwhile to continue throwing kind of games because they've kind of been over. But his yards per catch have also never been less than thirteen yards per catch. He's only had less than five receptions just once. So there's all these great things we go. Oh, fucking look at that! Look at this bugger! No wonder he's wide receiver six or seven. But 32% of his entire fantasy points didn't even exist until five days ago. Yep. He caught six balls. That's his second most receptions for the season. His upcoming schedule, he plays five of the top 10 passing defenses. Houston this week on the Thursday night on the short week. Don't love that. He also gets number two, Indianapolis, number nine, Green Bay, number six, New York Giants, and number five, Chicago Bears between here and the end of the fantasy regular season. Yeah, he gets Washington and Tennessee in there. They're great, but that's only two out of the rest of the season. I think you'd get a great haul for him. I think you have to sell him. I think you have to. Don't you? Yeah. And it's just one of those things, right, where, you know, what his values come from how good the Eagles have been. You know, they're sitting there at 7-0. and uh, Like, do the wheels fall off a little bit for them in the second half? I, I don't 100% know. I have been – I said this earlier in the year. I have been very, very happy of what I've seen of Jalen Hurts, and yeah. it would make me way more confident in A.J. Brown moving forward than I would have been at the start of this year. A.J. Brown was a little bit of a fade for me in the preseason just because I didn't know what – a run-first offense would look like for A.J. Brown. I know we just saw it Mm. at Tennessee, but again, even at Tennessee, he was so hot and cold. It was hard to really trust him. And again, right now, I can see what you mean because it's coming off a huge performance and he only had six catches. Like, he could easily have a couple of um, bus games coming up and that's just who he is. So, if you get in front of that, like trading him as a top five receiver or whatever he is right now. Yeah, he's right um, there. He's like six and seven, depending on your format. Unbelievable value. So, I I can't say I hate it because I don't think I've ever really hated on anyone for trading or for or against, you know, trading away or trading for AJ Brown. I feel like he's always a target, but then he's always someone you could easily trade away too because he's always two seconds away from a bus game. It's just the way he's been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the the concerning thing for me too is there's all that great positive stuff, but once you look at the negatives, you go, wow. Wow, he's really built out of straw, isn't he? So, yeah, I, I was just really surprised once I dug into the numbers. And, I mean, I'm sitting there eating my little can of tuna, looking down these players at lunch today going, am I reading this right? Because... It just didn't seem right that he's so far up there. And you know that going to the Eagles was good for him. You do. Of course you do. Even though they're a run-first offense with a mobile quarterback who is just as likely to score the touchdown as pass it. But everyone was so sure it was positive. And then here he is 
wide receiver six or seven. You go, so it was. But then once you dive into it and you go, oh, wow, actually, that's really flammable. It's really flammable. Um, so I think uh, while I actually have somehow in 12 leagues zero shares of AJ Brown, I implore everybody who's succeeding with AJ Brown, please do the right thing now because it is about to get fucking horrible. There is a tornado about to come through and rip six out of the next 10 weeks apart. I have one share of AJ Brown and it's in that Champions League and he was on the waivers just to talk about how, you know, yeah. how, you know how many people are available in that league. So That's a tough league know, to trade into, by the way. <laughs> there isn't one, hasn't been one, even a league that I'm in, there hasn't been one trade. Yeah, year because man, I worked hard to just, try and make trades happen in that league when I was in it too. <laughs> it's too easy to set a lineup. Like it's just too, even though we're deep and we're setting two quarterbacks and three running backs and three, you know, three hour receivers and a flex and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's still t- so easy to set a team in, in a 16 league. There's just always someone you can find. Again, yeah. just to prove the fact is that AJ Brown was on the waves. <laughs> do you do this, dude? Do you look down the waves in that league and just go, oh, wow, I can't believe that guy's available. I'll add him. And then you see hit add and then you go to your lineup and you go, I don't like him more than everyone I've got. <laughs> That's exactly what happened with him last that? week. I, I spent fifteen dollars or something of fab on him. Oh my! Oh shit! This is AJ Brown. I've got to get him in. Like I'll, I'll go, you know, a decent fab dump, and then I'm like, I'm not even going to start this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I even yeah. where do I like, even fit him? Yeah, who did you yeah. have to drop too? Because you're like, I think I still had Colton. I think I still had Colton Sutton in my team, so that was a pretty easy decision. But um, I just I can understand why you might wrestle with that because it's not like Colton Sutton's nobody. No, but you know, I just feel like the way AJ Brown's playing was a no-brainer. But yeah, again, I've got no issue if you're saying it because, like I said, he, he just always seems like someone that could be traded for or could be traded away. It's just the way he is. I can't believe how fragile his whole season was by the time I looked at it. I'm just like, wow. It's kind of like when you see like. You know the big facade of the like the the London streetscape on a TV show, but we all know it's just a set, and there's nothing fucking behind it. And I kind of feel like that's AJ Brown, and it does feel right. It just it doesn't seem like it should be that shallow. That's all. I was just surprised. I feel I feel like there's always someone ready to like go studs up, slide tackle, and just take out his <laughs> knee. It's just the way he seems. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, hopefully this has been a segment that has helped some people. Um, I hope so. I love doing this segment too because it does force you to look really hard and think really strategically about where you are in leagues, what what you would be wanting to do, how you would manoeuvre a guy out if you line up how you manoeuvre a guy in. So, um, and, and again, just really grateful that we've got a brain like yours with us to do it because it's just that's what you do and, and you're so brilliant at it when it comes to the salary cap leagues and the draft leagues for – the, the predominant sport in the part of the country that we live in through wintertime uh, and the way you play fantasy for that. Um, and that's so much of that's transferable to this kind of strategy. We're just really, really lucky to have someone like your brain on our show to, to impart that knowledge. So thank you, brother. No problem, mate. And I, like I said, I, I do this just for my absolute love of it. And if anyone takes 1% good out of this, then I've done my job. I just hope yeah. anyone just hears this. They don't have to do exactly what I'm saying or nope. don't have to take all the advice I'm giving. But if they can just hear a little bit of it and it helps them in the trade moving forward, then I'll be happy. So I hope uh, everyone out there just got something out of this. 
I like that it also kind of polarizes us sometimes too, where you're like, fucking Melvin Gordon. And I'm like, no, no, believe in Christian Kirk. Um, and I kind of think it gives us opportunities maybe in the next week or two to be like, well, let's formalize that hatred. <laughs> so yeah, you may hear more about some of these. Um, I hope you didn't notice this too subtly too, but I've kind of had this little guy sitting in the frame for most of it just to just to let you know who won starts of the week this week and he's edging his way <laughs> towards staying down this way. <laughs> He's, he's not staying for long. He's, yeah, next to, you're in town too. I'm going to leave this in my mailbox. You come pick it up. Yeah, this on it. <laughs> Maddie's on a full high this week. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, mate. Look, we better get Manjot in here for start of the week. But thank you for doing this segment with me. It's always so valuable. Absolutely, mate. Adios. Adios. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. But we've established right on now that I probably need to retire from hosting, hand that job to Manjot, and then I need to ask really nicely if I'm allowed on his show. It was yep. one, this is me, this isn't me shitting on Taylor for not starting Dion Johnson. I feel like I somehow like start talking before you even introduce me about about something. But Look, Matty, if you have a briefcase somewhere. Op shop, 100%. I can get one from an op shop for like 10 bucks. Like I said, apparently the guy just decided to have sex around me. Apparently, it's the brothel around my car. I wonder if now every Coles car park Taylor goes into, he's going to have that moment where he just gets transported back to Coffs Harbour. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Yeah, I ate that shit for breakfast, all that pressure. So. He's going to have an absolute field day going through this.